0: Beyond the Shadows. I'm author Ghost Story and Mike Ricksecker. Today we're going to be covering ghost stories and urban legends and really the difficulty in covering these in our media such as when I talk about media like podcasts, the uh, videos that we put out there on YouTube, at least on the uh, Hunter Road Media channel, and and the like. Um, There is a degree of difficulty in Uh, maintaining accurate information and we'll get into that in a moment but I do want to hit first of course uh, Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by Haunted Road Roast. It helps young ghosts. That's our own uh, personal branded coffee from Haunted Road Media and uh, also I want to uh, throw out there real quick about the Ancient Mysteries Tour. Um, I'm sorry, Ancient (laughs) Mysteries of Ireland Tour that. Uh, essentially I'm hosting next year, so this is through uh, uh, Mysterious Adventures Tours uh, from Haunted Journeys, and basically I'm the... the featured guest here on this tour across uh, Ireland it's going to be uh, 9 days, 8 nights, July 1st through the 9th next year 2021. Uh we're hitting what like eight different haunted castles, we're hitting uh the Drumbeg Stone Circle, uh, we're hitting basically what was actually the uh, the Alcatraz of Ireland, uh, a lot of fantastic uh, historic locations. And there are actually some paranormal investigations mixed in there as well, like an overnight in haunted prison, things like that. So uh, please, by all means, go ahead and check that out, tours.com All right, covering haunted locations, ghost stories, urban legends. Now, these things are fun, but you do also want to properly honor those who truly lived there and honor their memory correctly. And... I see this happen so often where there's a uh, like some sort of fantastic ghost story or legend associated with a particular haunted location. And while the location may truly be haunted, all people want to talk about is that particular legend or ghost story associated with the place, which may or may not even be true. And they're missing the whole point of the haunting that's there and they forget to actually. Uh, try to connect with who may really be there and just concentrate on the ghost story. Um, we see a lot of investigators you know they'll pigeonhole themselves into like maybe a particular room in the house or maybe it's a it's a place on the grounds that you know they just want to contact the person from this particular story or legend now, on the opposite side of that, there are uh, investigators that are completely cognizant of that and actually what they end up doing is the exact opposite. They go into the location knowing nothing about it. They say, I don't want to know the history, I just want to go in and discover what's there for myself, which to me is not exactly prudent, Um, and and I'll say why. And I understand that they don't want to pigeonhole themselves into a particular room, uh, because they don't want to get focused on that legend or ghost story that uh, that the building is known for, which, I, I can respect that. However, um, when you go in not knowing any information, it's kind of just like being a salesman at the door, and you're you're walking around with whatever item you're trying to sell, whether it's insurance or cleaning supplies or, you know, water filters, meat, you know, whatever. You know, you're just a random salesman at a random door, and I, be, I believe you should go in armed with information of the location so that you can try to contact somebody who's there i mean if you know some information about the person before going in then you have a better chance of striking up a conversation with a particular person that may be there now that said if that's not getting you anywhere and that particular person isn't there then of course move on and try other things you know a lot of these uh old locations that are hundreds of years old. Now, they're gonna have many stories and many people that are associated with the location. You can run right down the list. You go room to room to room in the house. And who's to say that the even the, the great legend or ghost story of the location, it may have, like this sighting may have happened in one particular room. Well, okay, that was just one room at one time. So what's to say that, okay, so Aunt Jane was seen in the upstairs bedroom, but Aunt Jane, I mean, maybe she loved to sew and many times during her life uh, frequented the parlor to to sew and maybe you'll find her down there or something like that, rather than upstairs in the room where somebody just saw her on an off chance one particular time. Maybe she's more often, you can interact with her down in that parlor. You'll find some information about these, about these people, but what's really concerning to me is um, when the history completely gets lost in. I've I've covered this a few different times with, uh, with the Gore Orphanage area, the quote unquote Gore Orphanage area in Ohio, which um, there's a lot, there are a lot of websites out there that try to say that uh, the Gore Orphanage is one of the most haunted locations in Ohio. And um, I have a really tough time with that since I've been there several times, of course, but there was never a place known as the Gore Orphanage. So, um, of course, my videos and information that I've put out on this, I do end up, I do have to use that term because that's how people are searching for it. That unfortunately, the legend has taken such a foothold, and it was also featured on a episode of Supernatural that it is stuck in the conscious mind of our culture that this place was known as the Gore Orphanage, and it never was it was the swift mansion there like i said there never was a gore orphanage Um, why people think it is called the gore orphanage is because of the road that runs right through that area called gore orphanage road but first let's take a step back so the legend is that uh, old man gore ran an orphanage he was extremely mean and abusive to the children he would lock them uh, the children in the rooms Uh, at night, and there are some variations over to the types of abuse that he would dole out. Um, And then one night, the orphanage caught on fire. He ran out of the orphanage to save his own life and did not uh, unlock the kids from their bedrooms, and they died in this fire at the orphanage. Well, again, there never was a a Gore orphanage. There was no old man Gore. What there was, the building that they call the Gore Orphanage, it is the ruins of of an old house back in the woods a little ways and this house was known as the swift mansion there's two families that lived in there Um, it was built uh, the early 1860s by joseph swift who was making his money in the railroad business Uh, after several years of being in this house the business ran dry he lost his money they left the wilbur family came into the house by 1897 they were gone from the house now the one story associated with children with the Wilbur family is that they had four children, four grandchildren, in the span of six days all died of diphtheria. Now, these were their grandchildren and did not actually live there. Uh, they, they did, however, according to the local story, and there's a lot of people who support this uh, particular part of the story, is that the Wilbur's were spiritualists, part of the spiritualism movement of the 1800s. And they performed seances within the house to try to contact the spirits of the children. The uh, grandmother Eliza did uh, yeah. did pretty much lose it. She was doing things like setting out place settings for the uh, for her grandchildren and things like that at the table after they had passed away. So, um, so that story there is legit, at least as far as uh, children. By 1897, the house was abandoned. The Wilbers moved out. Um, and nobody came into the house after that in 1906 now this is almost 10 years later the light of hope orphanage did move in up the hill from this old mansion it was not called the gore orphanage the the where gore and orphanage come into play on the road is that gore It's what the name of the road originally was, Gore. Gore Road is that road. It was named as such because there was a map correction, a little wedge-shaped piece of land that had to be made, and that is known as a Gore. So they called it Gore Road because it ran right through the area of this map correction. When the orphanage came in up the hill in 1906, that name of that road got changed to Gore Orphanage Road, so that, one, people who knew it as Gore Road would still know that this was Gore Road, and that, two, people looking for the orphanage could then find the orphanage. Now, the orphanage did buy that house down the hill from them that had been the mansion, but they did not use it for anything other than the land behind it. That's why they bought the house, is they wanted the land behind it. They wanted to use the field for farming. The house itself remained vacant. Now, I imagine children went in there and played from time to time and goofed around and all that because, you know, children being children. But it was never lived in again. They did not use it for a dormitory. The two dormitories, a children's dormitory and a boy's dormitory, were up the hill. Now, the one part of the story that is true is that the children were greatly abused. Uh, so many atrocities happened at that particular location. From uh, being malnourished, they didn't—they uh, uh, didn't teach the kids. The—you um, know—there were stories of of lice and bugs. Children bathing, like fifteen children using the same bath water. Um, rats nibbling on them at night. All kinds of crazy stories. Those things about the the family who ran the orphanage who were named the Sprungers, those things were true. They ended up in court in a trial for abuse of the children. Uh, there were children that ran away, and there was a massive court battle over this. The Light of Hope, or, the Light of Hope Orphanage shut down in 1916. The house down the road, that everybody calls Gore Orphanage now, but was the Swift Mansion, was still standing there at that time in 1916. Now, there was a fire involved here in 1923, seven years after the orphanage shut down. There were talks about renovating uh, that house. It was a beautiful Greek revival structure, and the um, library up in Vermillion has modeled their facade after uh, this, this house. There are talks of rehabilitating it and during that time, the house burned down, whether it was um, some sort of arson fire or just kids who got in there and were messing around. The latter, of of course, is very conceivable because there were kids that would go there at night just like we do today. A 100 years ago, they were going in there and and goofing off. It was known as the haunted house back then in 1923. Um, and it burned down now as far as the children dying in the fire of course there were no children there's nobody in the house when it burned down it's completely vacant there was another incident that happened a um, hundred years ago in Collinwood now you have to keep in mind uh, this location Gore Orphanage Swift Mansion is a good 40 miles at least from Cleveland. Collinwood is much closer to Cleveland. You could say it's in the same vicinity, but they are quite a ways apart. But there are people that believe that the Collinwood fire, in which 172 children died um, around that time, uh, was superimposed onto the, uh, the Swift Mansion site, known as Gore Orphanage, and the stories ended up meshing together. And so... Yes, I've, I've talked about this many times for those that have been you know watching the Haunted Road Media channel or listening to the podcast. I've talked about the story many, many times um, because it is such a um, crazy manipulation of facts. You know, there's like maybe two things within the story that are true, that um, a fire did burn down the building and that the people who ran the orphanage were extremely abusive. And that's it. Everything else about the story is completely false, but yet everybody remembers this as the Gore orphanage and the children dying, and then, of course, there's all kinds of crazy ghost stories and legends about, you know, children uh, being seen on fire in the woods and all this nutty stuff, which just isn't true, but that's the legend that has taken life now, and everybody forgets the real tragedy that happened there. Um, There were... Um, there were real tragedies there that have been lost to time that actually should be remembered, those kids that were abused, and then, you know, the four Wilbur children with the diphtheria um, that had passed, and nobody talks about them, it's, you know, Supernatural comes out with a television show and exacerbates the um, uh, the legend, there was even a, um, a movie, a terrible movie, um, that was, it must operated on the extremely low budget, um you know basically talking about the uh, the gore orphanage and they basically uh the screenplay was the legend although they did pay one small piece of homage to the real orphanage by in a dining room scene on the wall were the words written uh were the written words light and hope and it's like really guys okay um, but you see this in, in a lot of cases where, uh, you know, the facts get lost and the legends are the pieces that are exacerbated. Now, if you're going to investigate a location like that, like Gore Orphanage, and you're going only armed with the legend, your experience there to try to pick up on paranormal activity um, is going to be greatly fogged. And what I mean is that... Um, you know, people go there to try to contact burning children and ridiculous things like that. Now, and, and this is why they call it like one of the most haunted locations in Ohio. But that's not there at all. In fact, it's not even really that haunted. I, I've been there many, many times. There's a light to a very, I don't know, mild haunting going on there, which doesn't show up very often. Like every once in a great while, um, something will happen where, Um, You'll hear somebody walking through the woods or you'll get that feeling that somebody's looking at you or or something like that. Maybe a little whisper, but you know, all, all these things about seeing children and the fire and all that stuff does not happen there, but yet these are the stories that people are armed with and they go there, you know, trying to investigate that rather than the facts of the place. Um, Now I've been, I've been down there with a, uh, with a psychic medium before talking about, a you know, and this was like two you know two moments removed from each other. Where you know years ago I'd been down there um, a couple of times. Heard you know the walking through the woods, and you know this medium picked up in that spot that there was a uh, in, an older woman that was that was back there, um, very sad, but didn't quite have a complete sense of herself um would would kind of move between being sad being angry or just being curious about who was there this could very well be the spirit of eliza wilbur and it would make a lot of sense since she kind of lost it there after the children had passed away so i would go there to investigate the wilbers in fact every time that i go there um, I say hello to the Wilbur family, because to me, that's who's going to be there. Now, the Swift family could also be there since it was their house. They're the ones that built it. Um, of course, they they lost it and moved on and went elsewhere. But if anybody has a real tie to it that has like emotional energy, and of course, seance energy there, that's going to be the Wilbur family. And so this is like really one long example of... Um, you know, of properly honoring those that were truly there at a haunted location or a legendary location rather than honoring the the bogus claims and ghost stories. I mean, they're fun. The ghost stories are fun. The legends are fun. They're very, you know, graphic and um, they have all the suspense and drama and things like that. You know Helltown in Ohio is another area that's like that where there's all kinds of crazy legends about underground bases and aliens and toxic spills and you know all kinds of things like this when you know like witches and things like that you know when it's very very far from the truth um, that was an area in which people were evicted from their homes the federal government was coming in and taking back the land and turning it into a park um, of course uh, I always come back and say, well, instead of kicking people out of their homes, why not just say, you can't develop or build anymore? This is where it stops. I, I don't see why we had to kick people out of their homes. But that's what they did. And so, as all these locations were being abandoned, it created this very creepy atmosphere. And so, all these different, you know, crazy legends uh, started being proliferated. And then you have. Um, a Canadian production company create a um, a mockumentary, for lack of a better term. They they presented it as a true documentary of the Helltown area. And they had a bunch of Canadian actors come in to play these parts. That some of it smacked of the ori- original PBS documentary from the early nineteen eighties about what really happened there, and. You know, they, made it, they made it look like that in a lot of ways to try to make it look real. But you had these guys that couldn't even say the name of the county right. They couldn't even say Cuyahoga County right or Cuyahoga River right or anything like that. Um, it was, um, or Cuyahoga Valley. Anything that was Cuyahoga, they were all mispronouncing it, which was ridiculous. So, uh, you know, you had these actors in there who couldn't even pronounce things right and acting like it was all, you know, all the legends and crazy things that happened there were real when it wasn't. And it um, originally aired on Destination America. It now airs occasionally on Travel Channel, but it's a complete farce. You know, the stories there within this uh, video, I guess, uh, are completely untrue. Like the satanic church and all this, you know, BS. People talk about like the upside down uh, crosses on the church. It's like, they're not upside down. It's it's a design, it's a gingerbread style uh architecture that it doesn't really even look like an upside down cross you have to really like i don't want to say squint but you're really stretching it to say it's an upside down cross it just happens to be the way the design is and it's, it's just not a cross um but they've really pushed and pushed these stories because it makes for great theater it makes for great drama and that's what people want to hear and so you have all of these people going out to this area now trying to ghost hunt (laughs) i do paranormal investigations but you have people going out there ghost hunting um are legend tripping to try but see they're legend tripping over incorrect legends and that's where i end up having a bit of an issue with if you're gonna legend trip you know trip you know a legend that's actually real and not the fake bull crap that some people put out there it's and it's challenging for people who are trying to do real research when you have something that airs on, you know, and Travel Channel is great. You know, they did, I was on the Alaska Triangle on there, which was you know, an amazing show. Uh, people really enjoyed that. So they put some great material out there, but they picked this one up from Destination America and started airing it. And it's just completely incorrect. And, you know, I have several videos on the Helltown area. On the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel, and people keep coming out there and commenting with the incorrect stories. And I hope they actually are watching those full videos, that they're getting the uh, correct stories of what happened out there. And as I have continued to do this, to keep learning more and more about the area, uh, the next time I go out there, I have a uh, gentleman who grew up during that time frame, lived there when all of these things happened, that I'll be interviewing. So um, that's going to be really, really interesting when we cover that. So. Um you know this is one of the things that we do here uh, on Haunted Road Media is you know we dive into these you know these legends and we try to uncover the truth and again we try to honor those who have passed this is this is supposed to be their story and if we are incorrectly telling that story and for some of these like it's it was thrown way way the hell out there um, you know, let's say let's say you're a spirit, you know, you're a you're a ghost hanging out at um a, a location in which you had lived, you know, for for decades, and it was very special to you, and you have some Yahoos coming in there talking about all these ridiculous stories that aren't true about the location, or even maybe paint you as a bad guy, you're not gonna be happy about that. You're gonna be pretty upset. So I think it's Uh, a a job of ours as paranormal investigators to make sure that uh, the truth is put out there and that when we go to these locations we're honoring these people and not proliferating the garbage that's put out there so there we go ghost stories and urban legends covering haunted locations here on beyond the shadows so again Please check out our videos at the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. Also, our live stream shows on Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel. Those are both uh, YouTube stations. And once again, please check out the Ancient Mysteries of Ireland tour with me coming up next year. You can check out uh, the itinerary for that at MysteriousAdventuresTours.com. I'm Mike Ricksecker. Till next time.